A dragon and a pegasus. Talk football. What could go wrong? Hi, everybody. This is Danny Jones. Back at you with the Furries and Football Podcast number six. And what has been an, an interesting 2023 football season thus far. I am, of course, joined by the wonderful Zeus Pegasus himself. Zeus, how are we feeling today? Oh, man. Pretty hyped. Yeah, pretty mixed. It's just... There is a lot to get to. Oh. I just hope that I can maintain a bit of my sanity because it took a while to cope with what happened this weekend, but we'll get there. <laughs> I, I've already lost mine several times. Welcome to the club. We've heard a lot about the college football weekend, the AP results, week four of the NFL, some intriguing Twitter news regarding Pittsburgh's offensive coordinator, and much much, much more. But first, I think we got to jump right into the college football action. What a week of college football it was. And you mentioned this one from last week's, last week's show. The trap game possible of Georgia and Auburn. Now, I watched this game because I have a buddy of mine, big Georgia Bulldogs guy. Yeah. Georgia wins out. Brock Bowers is so freaking good. But still, even he has admitted, Zeus, that... Georgia doesn't even deserve to be ranked number one with how they've been playing. Hmm. Hmm. You know what? I agree. I absolutely agree. I don't think there's any team head of shoulders about the rest this year. It's probably the most wide open year that I've seen. And like I said, um, even we're, we're week five right now. I still don't think the SEC is the best conference of college football. I will hold on to that. I will die on this hill. It's insane. Yeah. And here we are. Um, here we are with still the Pac-12 showing out and even the Big Ten, like, having some, a pretty impressive weekend. So it's it's um, it's going to be a dog fight to the very end. I don't even know who's going to be in this Final Four. I really don't know. I'll tell you one thing. I've noticed, though, just watching a lot of Georgia football from just hanging out with my buddy. Georgia's defense in terms of the passing attack still good. They held uh, Peyton Thorne and Robbie Ashford, Auburn's QBs, to 88 yards passing, but 219 yards rushing combined by the Auburn attack. It just—it's like you said, the SEC looks very, a little bit off. Like defensively, I think they still got it, but offensively, there's some question marks just all over the place offensively. Uh, for the big the big main teams, you know, there's all these question marks because we've seen defenses really pop off still in the SEC, but the offense is looking catch. You mentioned the Pac-12. I mean, it's been a unique year for them. We almost had an upset, though, in the Pac-12, didn't we? Yeah, we nearly did. And it comes at the hands of the Buffaloes here, who Oof. I thought, yeah, yeah, Coach Prime and his kids, um, they're going to smack the run again for about three quarters. And they're like, wait a minute. We're in Colorado. We're at home. We got to actually show up. And they did. Like, that final um, that final quarter and a half for them, they they showed up. They almost pulled back an insane comeback. And, yeah, um, I think this team can certainly compete still, even though they're not, they're not going to be conference title worthy. Um, they, they absolutely put on the show that was sorely missing from last week. So I'm very happy for that team. And USC, I don't know, man. Like, to allow a team to be beaten that much and allow them to come back, like, I don't know if I would put them as front runners for uh, to even making the Final Four. Like, I think they can easily be beat on, on a bad day. 
yeah, like um, my <laughs> my faith in USC is a little wavering right now. Little little wavering already. I mean, you know, I'll tell you this. You know, considering that, you know, this game at the half was thirty four fourteen after a Shador Sanders twenty five yard gain. They 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 looked they looked better than they did against Oregon. I'm gonna tell you what, Oregon really beat the brakes off of them, and this was a game that they needed, even though they lost. They needed to get some of that mojo back. They, they needed to get something like that back. And even though it, it wasn't a win, hey, Caleb Williams came through. It was really a QB show by the end of it. Caleb Williams, 30 for 40, 403 yards, six tugs, one interception for USC. And for Shador Sanders, 30 for 45, 371 yards, four tugs, and one interception through the sky. So it was an air raid kind of a day. It, it was your Pac-12 game there, Zeus. 564 yards of total offense, 498 for USC. I mean, just the kind of game you want in the Pac-12. Just the big offensive games that are just, you never know who's going to do it. It just gets wilder and wilder. Yeah, I love a good shootout, and that's certainly provided. Um, another games around the country definitely had a lot of high-scoring games. Not Ooh. a lot of defense production this week. Not a lot, not a lot. You had big, you had big games all over the place. Bama held on to beat Mississippi State forty to seventeen. Ole Miss with the fifty five forty nine win over LSU. Oklahoma beat down Iowa State fifty to twenty. So there was a lot of high scoring matchups. Mizzou over Vandy thirty eight to twenty one. So lots of high scoring stuff. There was a big upset uh, in the Pac twelve. I mentioned the Pac twelve. Oregon State knocked off Utah. In quite a quite a good showing, I will say, uh, for you for Oregon State. Even though their coach, uh, did you hear about their coach, uh, Zeus? I don't know if you heard about their coach of uh, Oregon no. State. Did like this mo this this odd motion on his chest? That's like, hey, body, body, body. What are you doing? What are you motion, doing? huh? He was doing like this, like like milking motion. I guess that's the best way to say it with his chest. And it's like, what are you doing, guy? What are you doing? Being a clown, that's what. Dude, that's one of the more wild signals I think I've ever seen. Oregon State does get the win, though. And I'll tell you this, it is crazy the success you're seeing uh, from Oregon State this year. Oregon State, uh, one of the two teams that are going to be staying in the Pac-12, but they're trying to. They filed a injunction, of course, to make keep the give the Pac-12 its power five status with washington state but hey they're looking good they're four and one they got their conference with dj ui galele 204 yards for one touchdown yeah they sure look pretty impressive and um with utah the picture it's really a three-way race between um them oregon state um usc and and oregon really so oh washington of course like oh yeah it's still it's still really wide open we're still early on i i am keeping a close eye on that conference um, because you never know who's going to upset, uh, each other, um, in that conference for sure. Um, but yeah, uh, it's, it was, it was certainly another great week for the Pac-12. Oh yeah. And yeah, there, there were some close ones, as you mentioned in the SEC too. Um, you, you mentioned Georgia and Auburn. Yeah. Um, and there was also LSU going down for the second time this year. Uh, Old Miss scoring a big win at home to absolutely cause the fans to rush the field. And... <laughs> Man, these SEC fans, they never cease to surprise me. Like, they're like, oh man, we want Coach O back. We want a, we want a title with them. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, having a three and two start to the season, you're already acting like entitled brats. Like, screw you, LSU, man. You, you, you can't be doing this. You can't 
you can't just be expecting to go um, 11 and one or on the feet every year. That's just insane expectation. So I am certainly very glad that they got humbled here. You just, you just never know, man. I mean, I, personally, I'm a big Edo guy. I mean, who would want to hear, hey, we got to listen to the Horizon Football Podcast. You see, I listen to Zeus and Manitou all the time. Go Tigers. <laughs> Go Tigers. Hey, I'm having a press conference talking to Zeus and Manny, okay? Thank you. He's a great young, he's a great young man. Oh, uh, you know, I really do miss coaching the LSU. Go Tigers. Uh, you know, you mentioned this. Is this? I, I think I've told. I actually this sometime, but I actually have. Um, think of the SEC. I have an old SEC uh, media guy from the year two thousand six. It's kind of, it's kind of neat. I stumbled upon in a in a freaking uh, thrift store here, but like I have an old. I gotta show you that sometime. I have an old ass media guide to the two thousand six SEC. It's pretty nuts, and Ed O's in there. He was the head coach at Ole Miss, which not sure many remember. My stand at Ole Miss. Go Tigers. <laughs> oh, go Rebels. Uh, that yeah. Was... Oh, good there, times. Good times. <laughs> nothing was going to replace Cookie Monster Coach, but whatever. Oh, yeah. He did oh, his yeah. job. The SEC fans asked him out of there, so this is par for the course of that conference. I, I will admit, I, I found something funny was what Ole Miss, when, when they <laughs> – Oh Miss, when they beat, they tweeted out this video that said L plus ratio, and it was just, it was this cringy video of of um, Brian Kelly with uh, with a um, with one of these recruits. They were dance, they were like in the center of this big circle, and it was all like with crying, laughing emojis. It it was the funniest thing I think I've ever seen in a good while. I was like, you tweeted th- th- these these sports accounts are getting wilder. <laughs> I'll have to link it to you, Zeus, but it, it was some of the funniest I've ever seen. Outside of the SEC, though, uh-huh. uh, Zeus, have you ever heard of the climb to 325? No. Oh, uh, please enlighten me. So let me tell you about a big storyline, so to speak, that's happening in Iowa. Brian Ferentz, who is the son of the head coach of Iowa, Kirk Ferentz, he has a big, big task ahead of him. Now, if you don't know about Iowa football, Zeus, Iowa, really, 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 really good defense, yep. but terrible offense. So it got to it got to that bad of a thing this year that Iowa had enough. Because people have said, like, you know, it's hard to recruit receivers here. Like, there was a transfer who transferred to Purdue. And then the next year after he was away from Iowa, he literally had twice as many touchdowns as the receiving touchdowns as the entire Iowa team. <laughs> so, <laughs> they, wow. They are bad, suffice to say. They have one of the worst offenses in the war in the nation right now so like offense is ranked second to last in yards per game but the defense is great now this year brian ferentz now he really only has this job dude because he is the oc he is the coach's son it's it's very much a nepotism it's like a nepotism kind of a thing where he his son his son's the oc and it's not like he's good you know it's like he's a bad coach the iowa athletic department made him to made him take a $50,000 pay cup and gave him an objective that he has to a- average at least 
25 points per game while the program wins at least seven games. So there is this Twitter account I've been following. It's called Sicko's Committee. I recommend all of you out there follow this account. They are some of the it's one of the best accounts ever. What they do every week, Zeus, is they have a little yeah. you know you know like the mountain thing, the mountain climber thing on um on the Price is Right. They'll have a little yeah, they, I love that game. Yeah, yeah. So they have a little slope, and it's like the climb to three twenty five, and it's a little mini Brian Frent, and they have the little yodeling sound, the yodel, the mountain yodeling from uh, Price is Right, and. <laughs> Every time it's Brian Ferenc slowly moving up the little slope to get to 325. It is one of my favorite things to see every week. Now, I only bring this up because it's very likely now. Iowa may never hit this because former Michigan quarterback Cade McNamara, who is the quarterback for Iowa, he tore his ACL as out for the year. Oh, oh so, man! So, and just to give y'all an idea, right now the quest is the, the climb to 100, 325. It's at 111 right now. Amazingly, they actually have scored over 100 points already. If you can believe that, Zeus. All right, they got shut out against. Well, they actually got shut out against Penn State. Excuse me, but like mm -hmm. they've had great. Now the thing that helps him out is that both offensive and defensive points count towards this objective. Oh, okay. So the defense, if the defense gets like a pick six or big stuff like that. Counts. Counts. So they have, let's see, I think they have about, they have seven games left, give or take, dude. So like, we got to think about this, man. Right now, over five games, he scored 111 points. That's pretty much, that's 22.2 points a game. <laughs> <laughs> Can you can you imagine that being your objective in college football, one of the most highest scoring sports in America? You have to score more than twenty five points, or you're fired automatically, and you're just three points down. <laughs> Yikes! Like I, I would not want to be in that position, but that's just hilarious that that, that contract and stipulations are just structured like that. It's like. That, that, that's been quite the brown noser there. That's that's uh, mm, I, I would feel quite pressured, especially given to say that program if I had to reach that. So, oh, good luck to them. But I'm glad. I'll just say I'm glad I'm not an Iowa fan. Now, just that to, is for sure, just to give y'all an idea of what he has to do to keep his job, because there's seven games left. All right, mm -hmm. there's seven games left. He scored 111. So you you, you subtract 325, 214. Or you divide that by the games left. He has to score 30 and a half points in each of the next seven games <laughs> to keep his job. So it's one of my favorite uh, current storylines right now is, will this guy keep his job by doing the simple task of scoring points, which is what you're supposed to do in football? Really now? I wasn't aware of that, Manny. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know. Like, listen, it's so shocker. You have to score points to win. Sh shocker. I know, uh, but that is Cade McNamara. It's a shame for him because he's a dark. He's an okay quarterback. Uh, getting the transfer, that's rough for him, man. Um, but we'll hope he gets better. I don't know if he'll go to the draft, but uh, he could take another year. That sucks to see no matter what the, the ACL tear. I'm just, I just find it funny that you have to you you have the, you take a pay cut and you have you 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 as the OC have to score X amount of points to keep your job. It is wild. 
Now imagine if that happened in the NFL and how oh. crazy, <laughs> how crazy will, that would be. We oh, oh, oh I there's some guys I wish it would happen to at the NFL, but we will get to that. We will get there. Let yes. us jump into the new rankings uh, for the current for the season right now. Where are the where, do I have, the polls are somewhere? Where are the polls? Do I not have the oh my god? Where are these darn polls? Give me the polls. Oh, fine. I found it. I found it. Never mind. I, found I just use ESPN.com, and they're just right there. There you go. So, big thing, of course, right now, Georgia still remains number one. But, Zeus, if you take a look at the AP poll, the lead is closing in. They got 35 first-place votes, but Michigan had 12, Texas had 10, Ohio mm -hmm. State had one, Florida State had four. So, the, the right now, there are some doubts going about Georgia. Yeah, and they rightfully deserve it. Um, I don't know where they're going to stumble on their schedule, but certainly they keep playing like that and keep teams in games. Um, I mean, you know, Kentucky, maybe pencil that in. That's a big game coming up this week. Yeah. They stumble at home against Kentucky, and oh boy, the whole college world goes on them. And Florida can, can be a feisty team, even though they got embarrassed by the same Kentucky team, but you never know. Um so we'll, we'll see what happens with Georgia, but as far as the rest of the rankings, um, still a bit myth Ohio State's ahead of Florida State, but whatever, you know. I but, I personally don't get that. I, I personally don't get that. I understand Ohio State, you know. Over the past couple of years, they have been a very consistent program. I'm not, I'm not denying that. It's just like Ohio State just I, – I don't – they get wins. Like you can't tell that they got a win. You know, they got, they got, they've got win. They beat Notre Dame in a close game. They were on a bye. They didn't even play. And, you know, they got them. They got a test in them for themselves coming up. Maryland, to my surprise, Maryland. The Terrapins are 5-0, 2-0 in conference play, tied for first place with Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State in the East with Talia Tungavailoa as their quarterback. so And he's having a pretty solid season himself as the quarterback. So for the first time, this could actually be an interesting game for Maryland. I mean, if they win, I mean, dare I say, things would get interesting. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I, I'm, I'm always looking forward to chaos when it comes to college football. That's certainly when it's most fun and when most of the biases are certainly out there for all to see. Uh, but yeah, most of the rankings in the top 10 pretty much remain rather consistent. There was no major upsets, just near upsets. Oh yeah. Near upsets. Duke played a close Duke played a Notre Dame close. Duke will Duke has dropped. That's their own loss of the year. Duke drops to 21st and the coaches pulled 19th in the uh, AP top 25. North Kentucky joins the rankings as does Louisville after their win over North Carolina state Maryland though, they are, on the cusp of getting ranked, they are they have 81 votes in the media poll. They are just outside though. If any team dips though, we could see them make it. And if they and if they win too, and and if they win too, they could find themselves in it as well. Fresno State also still in both polls now. They are rising. The other big riser, of course, Oregon State and Ole Miss both jump four spots in the media poll. Big, big stuff there. And if we're talking about polls. <laughs> well, I have a beef, a quick beef on the poll. Oh, you got why a beef? Is, why is LSU still ranked as a two-loss team? Excuse I, me? I, what? I, I, they should be unranked right now. Put Maryland in the top 25. Let's go. I don't know if they're just looking at it by, you know, strength of schedule. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think that's what they're possibly looking at it as. Because if you look at what Maryland's played, Maryland's schedule, right? Like, they beat 
the FCS Towson, Charlotte, Virginia, a not good Sparty team that is on their, you know, they, they are on their uh, their interim head coach, and they beat down Indiana. So they've, they've had what some might say, you know, a simpler schedule. Michigan State's not the same. UVA's not that good. But I can understand where you're coming from, where you see, like, like a 3-2 and two team that's still in there. It's, it's like when Clemson, I want to say, like, this was when DJ Uagalela was in his first year as a starter at Clemson. They had him always in, like, them in, like, the, C, the, the, the college football playoff rankings, even though it's like you're a four-win team, like a four-loss mm-hmm. team. It's like, what are you still doing in there? Yeah, it, it, it's a little bit nuts because not only about their losses, but also about who they beat. Um, yeah. Their best win right now is Mississippi State on the road. Other than that, Arkansas at home, garbage. Grambling, yeah. who cares? <laughs> and they got blown up by Florida State, and they lost a close game at Ole Miss. So maybe they got points for a close game. Because I'm sure if they would have lost by two or three touchdowns, it would be unranked. But whatever. I, it'll sort itself out, hopefully. It'll sort itself out. And I'll tell you one thing I'm insanely happy about. My Catamounts and the FCS rankings, they uh, jumped up to 11th in the FCS media poll, 17th in the coaches poll. So... I'm I'm not gonna say we're going to a natty yet, Zeus, but I'm just like <laughs> You're sniffing it. If you're I, sniffing listen, it. I listen, I'm just feeling wild, man. Other games that are gonna be up this college football weekend, of course, it's a big day when it's the Red River Showdown, the Cotton Bowl on the Dallas State Fairgrounds will be packed as the Texas Longhorns battle the Oklahoma Sooners in the Red River rivalry. Dylan Gabriel versus Quinn Ewers. Now that is going to be a fun matchup. Oh, yeah. Like, it certainly is going to determine, I think, the frontrunner for the Big 12 Championship. Um, and hopefully it's going to be better than last year, which Texas just absolutely killed a newly led Oklahoma team 49 nothing. Uh, my dad's a, my dad actually went to school at OU, so oh, really? that was definitely a rough day for him. Um, so we'll see. Like, obviously, um, I'm kind of rooting for Oklahoma um, just, just to have UCF face against a top 10 opponent, but uh, we'll see about that. Um, but that is definitely game of the week. Game day is going to be there. Oh, and yeah. I hope it lives up to the hype because I've seen some of those games in previous years, and it's usually an awesome showdown. And... Man, I, I can just imagine just being there in that atmosphere, like how insane it is. And yeah. to have it this early in the season and not wait till like later in the year, I think it's a smart move. It keeps it keeps these games fresh and exciting for the most part. That game will be 11 a.m. Central, noon um, noon on the uh, East Coast, 10 a.m. over here at the course, the Dallas, the Texas State Fairgrounds over in Dallas, Texas. Other games that are big, uh, you know, LSU will try and stay ranked against the upstart Missouri Tigers. Mizzou is 5-0, 1-0 in the SEC. Vegas has them as a 5.5-point favorite. That that could be a good game. And one yeah. game I think could might be a trap. You know, we mentioned Ohio State and Maryland being a possible trap, Zeus, but Bama and A&M. Now, I know A&M isn't anything wide crazy. I believe why Connor Weigman is out for the rest of the year. But, you know, AM, you know, they regularly play, you know, they regularly play Bama close. They did get that upset win against them, I believe, back in 2020, 2021. So, sorry, 2021, my mistake. So, like, you, you know, Bam, AM and Bama, you know, you never know how that matchup could go. Uh, last year, Jimbo Fisher and the, uh, and the Aggies almost pulled it off, losing 30 20 to 20. 
in Bryant Denny Stadium, despite Devin a chain rushing for 62 yards. So, you know, you never know how it's going to go. Could be a trap game for all we know. Well, it could be, but I think it's a bigger game uh, for Texas A&M because they they have some tough games on their slate. They cannot afford, if they want to go through the SC title, they have to win this game at home against Bama. So I I think they can certainly do it. Um, but I don't know. People already, I mean, already, even a four and one team, they're at, they're they're going after Jimbo Fisher's head, and it's like, wow, yet yeah. another fan base that refuses to let the person at the helm cook. And I say this right now because it's foreshadowing. I'm going to say about UCF in a bit, but goodness, people, respect, enjoy what you have. Not you're not going to be Georgia or Alabama um, instantly or like that. It's like it's it's insane how these coaches are on the hot seat for just the weirdest reasons, in my opinion. I think I think when it comes to Jimbo Fisher, I mean, you look at his history, you know, 43 and 22 at AM, he's had good seasons. I think the issue is just he has got he has assembled great recruiting classes. And 2022, he went five and seven in a very, very, very rough year for the Aggies. So I think that could be the reason too why he's on the hot seat. Uh, I think he's a solid coach still. It's just one of those things where it's like there comes time when just recruiting can do one thing for you, you know. But sometimes people just say, hey, it's not cutting. He's still 4-1, though, and the year's progressing. Depending on how they finish this season, I think then you can make a choice. But I don't think you should get rid of him just because one really, really bad year. Now, I might change my opinion on this head on this mindset later on, but we'll talk about that later on. Zeus, um... UCF and Baylor, it was a rough, rough day for the Knights. Uh, tell me about it. Uh, uh, where do I even begin with this game? <laughs> okay, so it was the classic tale of two halves, but in like the worst possible way. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a bone to pick. I'm ready. For, oh, yep, already. Because there is a lot of blame to go around um, for this game. And not just with the team, but... I'm gonna call out. I'm gonna. I'm fortunate. I'm gonna call it Night Nation because oh, this is our inaugural Power Five appearance at home, mm-hmm. and you have the audacity to bail on the team after halftime in the third quarter just because we're up thirty-five to seven. I don't care who we're playing. That is bushly, and we have to do better as a fan base to stay and support the team. And even though that's not the reason why. UCF lost this game the way they did in the most unbelievable collapse I have witnessed live, where I just live with my heart broken after that, and a lot of serious doubts on this season here. Oh my gosh, people are calling me. I'm, I apologize. You, you, no, 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 you're fine. Welcome to the club. And I did do that on Twitter, though. I remember because I get well, I, I run the Twitter account for the league I'm in, and I saw a lot of UCF fan base tweets, and it's like, why? Like, the, the fact that. You know, I understand that, like, y'all were up by a lot, but, like, the fact that you would leave at that point, you know, the, yeah. it ain't over students till it's too. over. Yeah, the student section, too, like, it ain't it ain't over till it's over. I mean, if your team – I mean, when I've, I've been a part of some bad teams where, like, they stay for the halftime show and then they leave because they know it's not good. But still, at the same time, it's like, you know, stick with your guys and don't immediately leave because college football, we the leads have changed so drastically. And, of course – Mental of two has, but uh, go on. Yeah, yeah, but that's just the fan base in one thing. And secondly, oh my goodness, the, this game clearly shows we don't have the depth to compete right now in the Big Twelve. Um, the defense in the second half was just completely gassed. Um, the offense scored so quick, and it capitalized on Baylor's mistakes in the beginning. 
heavy cruise to an early lead. But the minute we're supposed to protect the lead and play hard-nosed football, we committed like every mistake committed under the sun, including botching a snap that let Baylor score a touchdown to get within two scores midway through the fourth quarter. And I'm just like, oh my goodness, like where's the mental discipline of this team? They have the talent, but not the depth and clearly not the mental fortitude that they need to compete. And I'm just trying to figure out if that's really the coaching or or just the lack of player leadership here. Um, and because of the way this game, and I'm arguing this might be as bad, if not worse, than the collapse that we had in the 2015 winless season against Furman, losing to MCS school. But my goodness, like the 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 concerns and the history that people bring up with Gus Malzahn right now is certainly very concerning. And I do want to pump the brakes. Like I'm not here to call out his head mm-hmm. already. Yeah. Over this because um, his recruiting cannot be denied, and he has had sports of greatness in offense. But we can't, we can't have this. We need, we need, we need to instill a culture of mentally tough kids that are able to fit, just do their football job. Like if you're up by a lot, learn how to manage the game better, run the ball a bit more. Like this offense is meant to run the ball more, and here we are trusting a backup quarterback, Timmy McLean, to save our butts when he doesn't have to, and. It's these decisions that baffle me and make me question the offensive coordinator and Gus Malzahn. But right now, like this is a this is a very bad crossroads to be in, as you say, a fan. And I really hope that in order to have, I mean, even, I, hate, I hate to say this right now. Yeah. If Gus Malzahn wants to have job security, he needs to go six and six. He needs to go to a bowl game. If they somehow find a way to lose a lot of games that they should win this year, given the talent and given the advantages we have. There's going to be a lot of serious soul searching this off season, um, if we become if we don't become eligible. Like, yeah, I'm I am extremely concerned. Um, I don't want to overreact, but it this this has turned from a oh great we're all, we're in the Big Twelve great to be like oh god we're in the Big Twelve where are we going to go from here? I wish I had the answers. I want John Rice to play next week, but I don't know, man. Like Kansas and Oklahoma upcoming, it's going to be rough. Yeah. And you know you're in a you're in a Power Five conference for the first time ever. You're this is gonna be a year a year of hard knocks. You're gonna get your wins. You're gonna get you're gonna you're gonna get your loss. It's gonna be, it's gonna. I mean, look at look at team look at BYU and Cincinnati. They're also in their first year in the Big Twelve. Houston too. So they're get they're getting the school of hard knocks too. They're they're getting in that school where they're gonna they're gonna win games. They're gonna look at it. It's it's gonna be a big learning curve, I think, for UCF. Going this transition, I will say this. I mean, your team had a shot at the end. I, I don't. One thing I will say is that I think the play calling at the end looked bad. Because I watched the end of that game with some uh-huh. buddies of mine, and you know, Timmy McClain made a great play to try and keep the game going on fourth on fourth and six. Oh, that was that was oh, awesome. That was amazing. But like, I'm, I remember watching that game. Uh, you know, they get the first down. They're at the Baylor forty-one. I remember watching that play. I'm like, they got they got time to do something and. Timmy McClain just did one of these throws, and I'm like, what was that play call? Like, they, they, they just deep shot, the shot deep. I knew he had to get rid of it because pressure was on him, but it's like, do you call a slant, call a short pass, get Colton Boomer in deeper? Because I heard this, 59 yards, that was the kick he missed in the end of the game. That was his longest attempt of the year, and I know he had made a 55-yarder earlier in the game. Like, that's a big ask to ask your mm-hmm. kicker who's – Near six, a near sixty-yard kick, you know. That, that's a wild ask. I'm just the way they didn't even try and do a short pass at the end, because they had that 
they had that, you know, you, you would have gotten at least a first down. You would have had some time left. You could have gotten it, spiked it, get Colton Boomer out there, get at least five, six yards, something like that to make it easier. But I don't know. That yeah, really it was bad. It was just, yeah, everyone was stunned. Um, it was not easy listening to the press conferences. Like, I, there's just so many questions with this team right now. I, I didn't come in expecting to compete for a championship, but I at least expected to play a smarter football than this yeah. and to at least um, do the basics of protecting leads and stuff. And you're, and right now, and this is a problem that's extended since last year where we've had games where things didn't go our way and we just folded. And it's the same thing this year. And that's why people are like, I don't know, Gus Mazan is not, even with great recruiting, like he's not getting these kids on, 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 on course here. Um, I just hope that, you know, against Kansas – um, that they're that competitive, they can keep it close, and that it can show me that they're actually trying to improve and not falling into the same mistakes again. Having a penalty at the wrong time to turn over at the wrong time. It's these mistakes that hurt me more than just getting out at than getting out talented. I can handle being beat on the line and struggling all day and coping with that. I cannot handle asinine play calling and, and just and just mistakes are just completely avoidable. Yeah. Um that that's unacceptable on any on any level. <sighs> but regardless, um, on never upwards, I still think they'll be eligible. I still think they can probably win eight games if they get their crap together, but they have to show me something different. They have to show me that they're ready, um, that they can probably take one of these tough games left on the road and just be better, man. Yeah, there's I mean still, there's still a lot of time left. A lot of time left. You guys got you guys got Kansas next. Uh you guys I think you can you can at least get sick when you know you got and just you got that tough game against OU. You got West Virginia after that. Cincy, OK State, Texas Tech, and Houston. I think it's very possible you guys are able to get bowl eligible. I think, I think it's very possible. But that is a look at the college uh, football landscape. It should be a fun, fun week of college football. Time for us to jump into the NFL. Uh, Zeus, do you want to talk about the Finns first, or do you want me to jump right into... The, uh, do you, what do you, what do you, what, what you, it's up to you, buddy. What do you, what do you want to do? Do you want me to jump on the Steelers or you want to jump onto your fins first, buddy? Um, I'll, I mean, it's my turn to talk about the fins. We're alternating every week. Let's do it. And, oh boy. I mean, first of all, just, I hate media hype. I really do. <laughs> I do too. I'm like, why are people ranking Miami number one when we really haven't been tested yet? And then we go up there and we just lay down a stinker on defense. And all game, I just felt like, just, where's, what's the defense? What is assignments? What is the linebacking core? Good question. What was that that I, what was that that I saw in Buffalo? Now, don't get me wrong. I'll give credit to Buffalo. They're yeah. a great team. They're definitely a top three team right now. They're playing elite. That week one was just an aberration. I don't give any stock in week one performances. But, oh my gosh, like. The way they exposed this Dolphin seed, the way they got to Tua, the way they took advantage of our mistakes and just limited his options, taking away first reads, um, it put a glaring flaw in this seemingly unstoppable offense that we had before with Mike McDaniel. And also, bring, this gives me a lot of concern about Mike McDaniel in general. Like, he just, right now, second year in, he, he has proven he cannot adjust quickly enough in-game. Like, he's always out-coached. Like, if he gets behind the sticks... He doesn't make the adjustments um, to rail uh, to br- to bring the game back into um, our pace to win, and 
Um, we just couldn't overcome mistakes. We couldn't overcome sudden injuries. It was just a cavalcade of errors that just um, gave me a lot of pause to think about. Are we as bad as Buffalo made us to be? Or is this just a week, as to a set, a very humbling week? A time to, a time to refocus. I... And this defense, um, that, that that can make anyone look good. I mean, it made the Patriots look good a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And here we are again making Josh Allen look like the MVP. And that pisses me off that um, we, we just cannot um, have the right schemes to uh, slow down Josh Allen. We don't have a pass rush. I thought we had tell him the front four and no. all day against an average offensive line, not a lead offensive line, because even Bills fans would admit they have an average offensive line. They could not get to Josh Allen at all. They didn't make him scramble. They didn't make him do anything. It was just comfortable back there and just making dimes and picking on Kirikohu on the outside too. So it was a mess from start to finish. But I think to overreact and say that to put the whole coaching step in question is ludicrous. Yeah. And to bring and have the two hairs come out that saying he had a mediocre game, like no, like he still had a pretty decent game even with that pressure in yeah. his face. I'm looking at the numbers and, right now, like 19.8 passer rating, one touchdown, one int, 282 yards. Like that's not a bad game. That's oh, that's actually pretty decent. Yeah, and against a pretty good defense, um, to have played enough to win, he had one bad interception, but um, the running game was there. It's just things did not click enough. There was too much pressure on his plate to overcome a stifling Bills defense and um noise got to him made some dumb penalties um pre-snap penalties but what can you do it's it's yeah. just week four um three and one at this point in the season is still pretty dang good and there's a lot of get right games ahead that we'll get to in our previews but um very very tough day to watch but I'm I'm not I'm not in despair mode. I think we're I'm far from that. Yeah. Um I'd rather lose these games now then to have a winless December and then have me sweating for the playoffs. Yeah. So, fins up. They're gonna do, they're gonna be fine, and I look forward to. Uh, yeah, I'm already looking forward to next week. Just yeah. I don't. But then rearview mirror. I don't blame you at all, man. I mean, I, I say this. You know, the media was talking a lot about like they really stopped the Miami offense, but it's like I don't really like Miami offensively. 282 passing yards by Tua. You add in the 101 yards by Devin a chain on just eight carries, might I add. I mean, you can see that they, they did they slow them down? Yes. Did they fully stop them? I think that's a ridiculous assertion that I heard from some media. It's like, you know, these are those humbling experiences, like you said, dude. These are these humbling games that you're going to take from and learn a lot about and learn how your team can be better next week. And, you know, it's good to have these kind of games early on so you can adjust and you can put this game to film and you could take a look at what Buffalo did right, what we could attack on. One thing that's for certain is that, you know, Josh Allen, like you said, wasn't pressured, only sacked twice through four tugs, only ran the ball four times. So there's something we didn't there. make a move. Got us in that pocket, quick release. Yeah. Or just um, enough to take shots down the field and just have Dicks dance all over Kater Kohu. Yeah. So the only thing I will grill Fangio on is why the hell do you have a less experienced player on the best receiver on that team when you have Xavier Howard right there to cover him? Like, come on, man. That's 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 like the mental coaching mistakes that, that it gets under my skin. Just like with Gus yeah. on UCF in that final quarter. Like, we could have ran the ball, but we passed all over the place instead. And here, it's like, I, I don't understand it. What did you see in Kohu that can cover the best man in Diggs? Just put him on, uh, put him on uh, Gabriel Davis. Like, 
he had a quiet day, but I'd rather have him beat us than Diggs. Like, come on, man. Do better than that. Learn from this. Yeah, I think I think got plenty got plenty to learn from. I think there's the bright future uh for the uh for the Dolphins. They, they don't early on. But <laughs> it is not a fun time in Yinzerland. Okay, Zeus. Oh boy. I Okay, Zeus, you know, I admitted that Matt Canada called a good game last week, right? You remember that, right? 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 Yes. Yeah. What the f- What happened? What happened? Okay, I'm just going to make this very clear, all right? Kenny Pickett did not play good at all. There's some issues with his game that I'm aware of, all right? But Zeus, how the mm-hmm. heck do Pitt does Pittsburgh facing a rookie quarterback, facing yep. a offensive line, that is starting practice squad players. How do we barely get to him? How do we not do anything? First of all, they played under competition, which is, I, I mean, d- you kind of warned me about this Here's the um, thing. in your previous rant. Yeah. I knew they would play down, but would make it a game. They didn't even make it a game. They, they didn't even, okay. Zeus, I want to give you this great comment that the glorious offensive coordinator the Pittsburgh Steelers gave to the broadcasters on CBS call on the game. He literally said this. I'm going to tell you this right now, folks. He literally said this. No paraphrasing here. No paraphrasing. This team is not built to come back from behind. How we start games is crucial. The offensive coordinator admitted this publicly to the broadcasters. Wow. This team can't come back. And, okay, I'm also mad about this, too. Okay. That was embarrassing. All right. You know, Zeus, I'm going to say this, too. This coaching from the Texans came back from, he was from the Mike Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan coaching tree. They carved us up twice in the same year. They didn't even know that they wanted it out there. They looked like they were, they didn't even want anything. They looked like they'd rather be anywhere else than NRG Stadium in Houston, Texas. And I'm going to tell you this right now. That was one of the worst games I've ever seen. And to top the idiocy off, to top it off. Okay. At one point, Zeus, Pittsburgh had a chance. It was down six. They were down 16-6, okay? Okay? Yeah. Najee Harris is running the ball so darn good. He's he's good. Like, if you give the man an O-line, that man is good. That man is good. It's fourth and one. What do they call a bunch shotgun formation on fourth and one that they had called earlier in the game it was the same exact play and when it happens Kenny Pickett panics spins out of coverage gets sacked and then he's injured (sighs) now that's yeah that's terrible it's bad now i think what they're expecting was for him to step up in the pocket and make a throw there was somebody there but they were also covering well in fact in the first quarter of this game zeus did you ever see that big touchdown pass that kenny had to calvin austin against the los angeles raiders well las vegas raiders excuse me, las vegas raiders you just 
Yeah, they, yeah. They called the exact same play, and it was supposed to go right to Calvin Austin. And, of course, former Pittsburgh safety Steven Nelson said, I knew that. It's my ball. Like, what the? You called the same play? You scored the? They're going to know that. Why? Do you give this man a job as an offensive coordinator in the NFL? Why do you give this man a job, Mike Tomlin? I don't give a shit if you make the practice harder. You're going to ruin Kenny Pickett's career. You are ruining his career. This is late-stage Andy Reid in, in Philadelphia vibes. Because... I'm Damn, a, dude. <laughs> I'm a, listen, I'm pissed, man. Zeus. Jeez. Ever since, okay, keep going. Ever, ever since Matt Canada became the offensive coordinator of the Pittsburgh Steelers, we have had this game happen so many times. And you might look and go, oh, look at that. Big Ben actually threw for plenty of yards. That's because he did the hurry up in the fourth quarter and nobody cared. And that's how he got his stats. That's what happens. They get outclassed. They get outcoached. They get outmaneuvered. And they're calling the same plays over and over again. And what makes it worse is Mike Tomlin is like going to die on the sword for this man. In fact, you want to hear one of the dumbest excuses I've ever heard in my life, Zeus? Okay. On that fourth one I told you about. Yep. Tomlin was asked on Tuesday. Hey man, why didn't you why didn't you run the ball, you know? And his response was Pat Fryermuth and Dan Moore Jr. were injured. Dumbest excuse of all time! Because I'm gonna tell you this right now. First of all, Dan Moore Jr. sucks! Second of all, you have Broderick Jones, who is a big motherfucker. He can block for you. Okay, he can block. Secondly, you drafted a six foot eight, two hundred and seventy pound Titan out of Georgia. You might not know him, Mike Tomlin. His name is Darnell Washington. He's six foot eight, and he's bigger than your lineman. And you don't have him block. That would have been. It may not have gotten the first down. You never know. But like, you get you better chance. Better chance, cause. Freaking, he's, you know, Dan Morse Jr. sucks. You put Broderick there. You put freaking Darnell there. It's better. Not to mention, they won't start Joey Porter Jr. He is the best young quarter right now, and you're not doing shit with him. And I don't give a shit. Matt Canada can rant on his fucking burner account. That's the other thing. Matt Canada allegedly has a burner account where he is shit-talking Chris Boswell, Kenny Pickett, and everybody trying to defend himself. Stop talking on your burner account at me. At me, Matt Canada. At me. You want to go? If you are in front of me right now, I will I will bundle up this envelope of papers I have on my desk. I would bash them over your Fucking head, cause then you'd learn how to call off that's right for once in your ah! Ah! I listen. It was a loss. It's early in the year. But you know what's gonna happen, Zeus? You know what's uh, gonna happen? I don't know. Okay. I mean you call that embarrassment. Like it, that's is it a, emba- it's not, not a good sign. It's happened so much, that's the problem. It has happened so much. 
the, the thing that annoys me the most too is that just watch this happened last year and in 2021 they're gonna suddenly start winning games end of the year Tomlin's gonna finish above 500 because that's the goal the standard is the standard and <laughs> then they're mediocrity gonna, is what yes, we call that that's exactly what the problem is they want they, they just want to be above 500 they have not won a playoff game in seven years in seven years and they're gonna be, they mean it's gonna be like, oh yeah, oh yeah, he hasn't had a losing season. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I've had, I listen. The the Pittsburgh Twitter is pissed uh, at this oh. stuff. I am I, very upset because it's like I've seen this too many times to even like care. It's like you are ruining Kenny Pickett's career if you keep on this path because the the defense didn't even look that good. It's like. Mm, I hate Matt Canada. I would bash. I would start beating him with papers if I had him in front of me. <laughs> mm. On to some other NFL stuff, though, because God damn it. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you need to breathe there, but I totally understood. Uh, like, uh, when, when you're tired of seeing the same thing every year after for, year. For like, three uh, years. For three seasons, yep. man. I've seen this shit. And playing down in the competition, I expect. Playing down and just not doing anything like what in the world um on to the other stuff though in the nfl uh we have some big games yep big games dallas beating the brakes off of bill belichick the defense so darn good as they win big over at at jerry world the the bears and the broncos the tank bowl hey bronco hey let's ride let's ride uh, Russell Wilson pulled off a big win, of course, coming back to beat the Bears. People are always saying that Justin Fields should be traded. I will say this, Zeus. Justin they Fields. Must? Well, no. He actually played at the best game of his career. If you look at his numbers from that game, I watched that game. Four tugs, one interception, 132.7 passer rating, 335 yards. That was the best game he's ever played. Great game by him. The pick I mentioned, though, that was not his fault. If you watch that play... Cole Komet, the receiver he was throwing to, stops on the route, and then, boom, there he goes. Like, the, there's a pick. Yeah. There's a pick. So, like, that was that. Not good there. You also had – there was a lot of stuff that happened. Uh, big, the Rams with the big win over the Colts. Puka Nakua catches his first career touchdown as the Rams win big in overtime. Along with that, Zeus, I think we have an MVP right now. Have you seen the stuff that Christian McCaffrey is putting on right now? He scored four touchdowns as the Niners beat the Cards. I mean, I'm not surprised. McCaffrey's easily the best running back in the NFL. Oh but, yeah, I've seen some of his stuff. Like, his um his outside speed and just ability to shed tackles is certainly the the running back that everyone wants. Just an insane, an insane drive, um, usually pretty healthy. So... Uh, McCaffrey, um, yeah, like I, I think I think for possible running back, well, running back for the year, yeah, he should be front running it, but oh, yeah. maybe offensive player of the year, like he definitely be up there, if not for like other candidates like Tyree Kill or um, who knows uh, other candidates, but yeah, yeah, I agree with you, McCaffrey. Um, the the Forty Niners are still, in my opinion, the best team in the NFL, and they're still rolling. Oh yeah. Um, on the other side of the coin, um. Can we call the Giants like the most disappointing and dumbest franchises right now in recent memory? 
I thought I thought the Steelers were bad, but holy fuck, my expectations. You could were be low. a Giants fan. I could you be. Could be I could fan. be. I could be having Danny Derps as my quarterback, or you know, that's oh not looking gosh. good in Giants land. It ain't looking too good. The Swifties, of course, were in full array watching the Chiefs and the Jets game. Chiefs got away with ref ball again because Taylor yeah. Swift must drive the. What is it with the refs giving them these calls? I swear to God. Oh, it's because they're the modern day Patriots. The Patriots got every single call just because you're the golden child right now of the NFL. So I, I've just seen some really go. egregious calls though, like blatant holding, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. It, it's just not a good look. Nonetheless, the Swifties will be all over the NFL now. The NFL is. Do you do you like this? Do you like this? The Taylor Swift, like- the Taylor Swift big influx of the NFL right now. I honestly don't care. Just not a distraction. <laughs> they, I mean. Swifty and all the people can come to London when Miami faces them, and I wouldn't care. Just fins up at that point when we get ah, to week nine. There you go. Just, we'll see. We'll see. Um, but another crazy week. Um, not, not a lot of close games. Uh, no. There's been a couple, but a lot of blowouts this week. A lot of blowouts. Lots of just controlling games. In the Toy Story game, it was Jacksonville over the Falcons, 23-7. to uh, Big win for them. You also had Tampa Ra- Bay. Tampa. Watch out. Ooh, 20. Big win. They won 26 to 9 over the Saints. Bailey with three touchdowns. Uh, big. Underrated big guy. Like, yeah. People keep sleeping on that guy. And especially for the Browns, like, you could have had this man still. You just never supported him. You could have. The and Browns, meanwhile, didn't even start uh, Lamar. I don't know what's his name. Deshaun, Deshaun Watson. They started Dorian Thompson Robinson, Lamar Jackson winning 28 to 3 in the Ravens over the Browns. Yeah, um, a lot of narratives still being formed, but I mean, this is only the quarter mark of the season. I cannot believe we're already a quarter of the way through. So, yeah, onwards, <laughs> onwards indeed. I'm not sure if we'll have enough time to jump into our previews, but Steelers do take on the Ravens. Could be a bounce back game. We are starting kissing Teddy's Mitchell Trubisky at quarterback. That is a long. If you don't know. He once tweeted out, I love to kiss titties from his Twitter account. So he's just referred to as kissing titties. And <laughs> true, true thing, true thing. And then the Dolphins will take on the Giants back at Hard Rock. Bounce back game, baby. Let's go. There you go. There you go. Elsewhere next week, you also have Jags and the Bills in, a, in the international game as they go to London. Tottenham Hotspur will be the site of that contest. Eagles and Rams at SoFi. You also have a... a some good stuff. Cowboys and Niners, though. Now, that's a matchup I'm excited to watch at Levi Stadium. Should be a fun one. Agreed. So, um, that said, um, any, anything you want to say about Steelers-Ravens or you just want to jump into the picks? I'll, tell you, I'll say this real quick. I just – listen, if, if they – I'll say this real quick because they go three and out so often. This, this often, they've gone three and out so much, Zeus. If they go three and out, they might get – booed out of their own stadium because at the last home game there was a fire canada chant now i heard that i yeah. believe, this is my firm belief is that some people will say oh manny you can't fire mike tom when he's had a winning record every year which is true but it's gotten to the point where it's just they just want to be above 500 and that's the goal dare i say if this progresses and i don't know if it will or not because tomlin always pulls it out some fucking way he could be on the hot seat and it just because it's for the simple reason of he just wants to support this bad offensive coordinator, even though everyone is saying this guy sucks. 
if the Steelers' defense allows more than 20 points, they are 1-15. and 15. That's a true statistic. I looked it Oof. up. Like, Oof. that's how bad it is. This defense cannot carry wins. It, you have to, and they're just out-coached, out-schemed. There's a reason why none of his assistants have ever gone to be head coaches. Just saying. Just, just saying, let's up into our picks. Let's do it. So how did we do last week, Maddie? Not too good on my end, but you improved to 500, 6 and 6. You got the Seahawks and Steelers right. Uh, also asking, how was it an even spread? I don't know how that Seahawks-Giants game was even even spread. And you had, and uh, Bengals, of course, lost Titans in a bad game for the Titans. I went 0-3. Broncos beat the Bears but did not cover. Packers lost the Lions and Colts lost the Rams in overtime. So I fall to 4-8. Let's say you want to make your first pick, my friend. Yeah, let's do it. And I'm going to start with an easy one over here. At least what I think is easy. Go for because it. Because it's the homer pick right here. Giants at my fins. They're favored by minus 11. We just got our asses kicked. We have a lot of soul searching to do at home. But guess what? We've been on the road so much. The fans are hungry. They're going to be there. Uh, this Giants squad is probably a bottom three team right now in the NFL. Minus 11, please. I mean, this might be another 50 or 60 burger. So give me the fins to easily cover the spread. And I know betting on high spreads is really, really, really difficult. But, I mean, we need this. Fins up. Let's freaking go. Let's go. I like it, man. I will jump into an AFC South, NFC South matchup at Atlanta, Georgia. The Atlanta Falcons cutting off a loss against the Jaguars on the, the Houston Texans, who, of course, beat my Pittsburgh Steelers last week. I'll tell you one thing, man. With that run the ball focus that Atlanta has, I don't. They are they're picked to win this game by two. I'll be honest with you, man. I'm not sure how to judge Atlanta. I think Desmond Ritter's not a bad QB, but he's got to get something going. Uh, I'll take the Texans in this one actually in a big win because I think I'll be honest with you, man. I think the Texans can get a win here, and I think they're gonna be. They might be hot with CJ at the line, so I'll take the Texans and I'll take that spread. I'll take the Texans up by at least two. plus two. What's your next pick, buddy? Oh, man. Oof. A, a lot of these spreads have me um, a bit quaking here. Oh, I see. Um, Yeah. But, 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 I think the disrespect is quite real against, um, yeah, let's do it. I'm going to pick the Packers. It's only one point spread right now over the Ooh. Raiders because the Raiders are just that bad. I have no faith in that team. They're probably... Easily one of the worst four teams in the AFC right now. Um, so, yeah, I think Packers, they're they're licking their wounds after getting curb stomped at home by the Lions. Um, one point is certainly too disrespectful for them. I think they easily cover that as a road favorite. Slight road favorite, but come on. Packers, if you cannot take care of business on the road against a hapless, um, terribly led Raiders team, you're done. Like, I'm, I'm not going to trust in you the rest of the year. This is, this is just the Lions' vision to lose. All right, nice pick. I will go into a big game of the week, there being the Niners and Cowboys. I mean, that is a matchup that is going to be fun. The, the great defense with Dallas, and you got this great offense in, in San Francisco, and an offense on Dallas that's not no slouch either, and a defense that's also pretty solid in San Francisco. I think, you know, the Niners are just the team to beat right now. They have scored 30 points in all four of their games this year. I think, I think it'll be the Niners. With a spread of four, I think it'll be them. I think as as good as Dallas has been this year, 
I think the yeah. issue the issue with Dallas is that they're gonna they're gonna like they might over they might just not play good. And and they they've had those games against against the Niners. Of course, the last time that happened, one of the worst play calls of all time happened. I mean, so at the end of the day, I think. The Niners will have the Dallas Cowboys number. Even though I think it'll be a good game, I think Niners will pull away. What's your next pick, my guy? I bounce around a couple of picks here. It's like, Ooh, there's a do, lot. I ride the high, do I ride the high of the Bills right here? It's only minus five and a half. Even though they are, they're having to go overseas to face the Jaguars. Sorry, settled in over there. Um, very tempted to pick that one. But I'm going to go ahead and call someone's bluff. And Ooh. that bluff is going to be the Philadelphia Eagles on the road at the Rams. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, here we go. So I'm actually picking the Rams to cover here. Oh! Um, yeah, why not? Because I, I think the Rams, um, great bounce back win. They have the talent. They definitely can uh, play toe-to-toe with the Eagles. And the Eagles have been winning a lot of squeakers here. That was not an impressive win in division against a pretty mediocre uh, commander's team. So... Yeah, Eagles. I'm calling your bluff this week. I don't think. Um, I think you might lose this game at the Rams, and they're going to undefeated season. So, yeah, I, I am picking this as upset and cover for the Rams right here. Take care, of business at home. For my next pick, I will go into possibly another tank, both Jets and Broncos. Jets and Broncos. All right. Now, oh, you might say two, two bad teams over here. Two bad <laughs> teams. You might say, Manny, what are you doing? It's easily the Broncos. I'll be honest with you, man. Zach Wilson did not look that bad uh, against the Chiefs. Wilson played one of the best games of his career last week. Looked pretty damn good. So I think Zach Wilson, you know, with that momentum, just thinking of that momentum, he's got he's brother, brother Wilson, as the Mormons say out here, he's got to be feeling big about that. So I say is going to be the Jets traveling to mile high. And oh, wow. winning, uh, beating, beating, beating Russell Wilson. The ride may be the the ride may be there, but I think they can win by that spread. You know, I, I think they can. I, like just just knowing the momentum as a player. You know, Russell will not Russell Wilson, Zach Wilson having one of the best games of his career. I think he's gonna ride that momentum. I think there's gonna be something there for him to work with to try and get that win. Yeah, yeah, I. I... I'm with you. I think the Jets are definitely undervalued right now. Yeah. Even though they're definitely licking their wounds for not having Aaron Rodgers for the year. But they still got a good coach and they got talent in that squad. The Broncos, uh, Let's that kitchen's on fire. Right. I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to let – I don't want Russ to cook me anything. I'll tell you. I'll be honest with you, man. Nah, man. It's <sighs> like that um, one sketchy um, restaurant on the corner there. You like, you know, there's a good hole in restaurant. Yeah. But over over there, it's like, mm, No. They got health code violations over there. Oh, you don't want to go. I there. don't want no part of that Broncos. <laughs> Broncos All right. spot. Uh, Zeus, do you have any final thoughts, my good man? Uh, final thoughts. Um, good comeback. Like I had a rough weekend, but um, football is certainly a season of momentum and ups and downs. So, for those, especially in Finns Nation and Knights Nation, uh, don't lose hope in this season. Um, obviously, um, a lot of football to be played. Anything can happen. Um, so be careful to not to overreact. So that's my little bit of advice to all football fans out there. We're fanatics. Yes, I know we want to rip people's head off and things don't go our way. But at the same time, every week's different. Keep fighting on. I'm excited. Let's go. Let's go indeed. Thank you again, Zeus, for my partner, Zeus. Pegasus. I'm Manny Jones. Thank you for tuning into the Furries and Football Podcast, now heard on iHeartMedia, Podbean, and Player.fm. 
We'll have, we'll have we'll enjoy a great week of football. Till next time, we're out of here.